This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for those of you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. So as the weather gets cooler, grab your coffee and join us on this journey. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined, as always, by my two lovely, lovely friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. Heather Kim. So we're going to talk today about what I would tell my younger self. And we've been laughing so hard about this already. But Heather, we just want to give you a shout out this morning and just see how you're doing up there in the great Pacific Northwest. Oh, I... I love the Northwest. If our listeners have never been here, you really need to come. Sister, you know what I'm talking about. You're wearing flannel right now. Can I just say that? I know. I know. You have to. Everybody has to have some flannel and some woolly socks. And I just love the Northwest. Well, I'm not officially in the Northwest because I'm in Canada. I'm in the um, Southern Oh, my bad. Okay, my bad. But for our American listeners, you know what I'm saying. The Northwest is the bomb. You need to come here and see mm-hmm. it. And I just want to say, um, in particular, a thank you to everybody who was praying for our, our little daughter who had broken her arm and she just had a rough week, but she's doing better and mm-hmm. such an answer to prayers yesterday. So I'm really grateful to everybody who is praying for us. Mm-hmm. Michelle, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm a little tired. I have the World Series hangover. I still can watch game (laughs) seven last night. Congratulations, Houston. I was so excited you won. Um, I was excited for that city and their team and, um, I thought it was what a great World Series. So yeah. So I'm on my second full large cup of coffee right now because I'm moving a little bit slower. Mm. How about you, sister? You stayed up too because we were texting during the game. I know I did. I was live tweeting it because, you know, sister Mary is always up to watching sports. And so, um, but I have to say by 10, 15, this nun was so tired. So I just had to, um, (laughs) yeah, I, I just had to go to bed. So I just entrusted the whole, you know, series. It was five to one when I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and saw that the Astros had won. So I was glad, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you had to check in the middle of the night. That's I'm like, awesome. It's like, it's yeah. normal anyway. If anybody doesn't follow sister on Twitter, um, her live feeds of sports games are hilarious. So I highly recommend. <laughs> Especially with, was it a sister Mary? Yeah. Like your commentary of sister Mary is so funny. You know, it is. Well, we, and you never see I sister Mary's it. face. It's the best. Well, that is. Yeah, that's on purpose because she's like the Wilson. She, you know that show Home Improvement? Uh, yeah, totally. She is the Wilson of the nun world. So, <laughs> so that's why you can never. The elusive Sister Mary. <laughs> yeah. So we, I laugh so hard. Like she and I laugh so hard just doing that. And I can't tell you how many comments we've got from people from all walks of life that just. I don't know. They just see the joy and they just delight in it. So it's always fun for us. The Super Bowl, we do it every year at the Super Bowl and they, uh, the Huffington Post often picks it up and it's just fun. We have a good time with it. That's awesome. You're famous. Well, the Huffington Post well, picks yeah, it up. But, <laughs> but you, we're going to talk about, so we have opened up the discussion for topics to listeners, to all y'all who, which is a totally horrendous thing to say in English, but um, all of you that listen, we have list, opened up our topic kind of board to you. And so last week we were asking you, are there any topics that you would like to hear about on the podcast? And so a lot of you have sent in some great topics. And so one of the ones that we decided to start 
start with and that we laughed a lot over is the topic of what would you tell your younger self or what I would tell my younger self. And so Michelle was providing a quote, which of course is from the venerable Catherine of Siena, who says, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. So we're going to talk a bit about identity today, but you, we all have like war stories that are probably more or less fit for public consumption, depending on what they are. Uh, but Michelle, just, can you just start us off with this about, you know, what I would tell my younger self and kind of what your heart is for our time here? Yeah, we were laughing because I thought this topic was absolutely so much fun to talk about. And Heather was like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to say. I'm like, this is awesome. I love this one. What are you talking uh, about? Like, I'm so prepared. I spent hours preparing. <laughs> no, All right. Okay, whatever. She's taking a sip of coffee, flannel girl. Mm -hmm, anyway, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. just yeah, I just love it. Maybe because some of my favorite people are college and young adult women. And that is like, I have such a heart for them and um, a journey with a lot of them and disciple a couple of them. So I think it's so funny. But when we were talking about what I would tell my younger self, I think first and foremost, you can't get away from identity. You know, if you know who you are and whose you are, then everything else is kind of just gravy over that. But really um, rooting yourself in your identity as the beloved and trying to figure that out and try instead of having the world tell you who you are. And I think for me, like in my young adult um, life, like I came to like real conversion when I was right around 1920, like where, you know, my relationship with God became really personal, where I really fell in love with not only um, Jesus, but the church um, but man, I was totally looking for love in all the wrong places before then. And I still like, I still didn't know who I was in Christ. You know, I didn't realize that I was his beloved and I was still trying to um, get my identity and, um, what I did and, um, you know, superficial things, what I looked like, what I did where, you know, just totally performing, you know, because I didn't realize, you know, um, it's just been a long process. I mean, shoot we all know we're still in the process of becoming God's beloved. And I mean, knowing that we know that we know that to the core of who we are. So, and, um, and I think it's so easy to, um, this makes me laugh. My son Noah was identity theft for Halloween. This past week. <laughs> That's great. So that was his costume. So he had a mask and on it, you know, black mask. And he said identity theft and he had a black shirt on and he had all these different names. On it. And so I was isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. So I was watching him while he was walking around, you know, we were doing trick or treating in our, um, the hood and I was laughing cause I was thinking, oh my gosh, how many, what steals, you know, my identity. Oh. I, I was looking at his shirt and I was just thinking like, what would be the things that I like the tags or the names, like, um, who would steal my identity? What do I allow to steal my identity? You know, and, um, really just getting off that rat race of identity theft and claiming that who you are as God's beloved. Um, yeah, that's what really stood out to me. What about you, Heather? Yeah, I, I, my first initial thought is, um, just for our listeners listening to this, there might be some of you thinking, well, I'm not in college, you know, I'm not at this young adult age, is this podcast going to apply to me? And I think, you know, there's many parts of us that are still young and need to hear, you know, different things at different times. So I hope that um, our listeners will just hang with us. When I was thinking about the college days, in all honesty, I was like, I love those days. I love being <laughs> a young adult, you know, <laughs> and, and there's so many joyful things. But um, one of the major things that I thought was really important during that time was to have people who would speak into my life. That was some of the most valuable um, 
times that I had that helped me grow as a person. You know, like it's, a, it's an exciting time where you, not everything has been revealed to you about where you're going and what your vocation is. And there's questions. It's a really exciting time. Um, but I found for me that when I actually got a spiritual director and had some older people who were a, a little bit ju- in the journey ahead, a season ahead, um, they could speak into my life in a way that that helped me tremendously because you don't have a ton of perspective. You think you do at that age. You think you do, but, but you don't, you know, there's still a lot of things that are unknown that are to be revealed. And I as well mentor a lot of young women and it's one of my favorite things to do. And I find myself um, that that's often what is needed is just a voice that is sure and steady. Um, someone who's going to say to you over and over again, it's going to be okay everything is going to be okay. And for me, that was one of the most important things that I sought out as a younger person and, and was the most valuable to me. So yeah, if you can find people who can speak into your life, who can challenge you and kick your butt, but also love you and bring perspective, that's such a good balance to find in someone, you know, somebody who's trustworthy, somebody who loves the Lord, somebody who is healthy and living a healthy relationship. Um, those are the people that I would encourage you to seek out and that were the most fruitful in my life. How about you, sister? What are some of your initial thoughts? Well, <laughs> I had a lot of initial thoughts. I, I just am still thinking about though Michelle's example of identity theft. That is so, oh, that's a good thing to think about. You know, one of my other friends would put it like, what takes you off the heart of Christ? What are the things in your life that will remove you from resting on the heart of Christ? And that's so true. I think we have those things that steal or where we look for these things to, to define us. And it's really only gazing at Christ is where we find out who we are. Like we find ourselves in him. And, um, yeah, I, there's a lot of things I would tell my younger self. I, I think a lot of our listeners probably know that I, I just come from a very broken past. I'm a recovering alcoholic and a survivor of uh, childhood sexual abuse and rape. And I just had a lot of promiscuity in my life and just a lot of addiction and brokenness and just a lot of, uh, pain, a lot of pain. And I, so often I thought that that was the end of the story and that my wounds defined who I was. And I think one of the most beautiful things about, you know, recovery and restoration and healing and all that God is pouring into my life, even to this very moment is that I realized that I am not the worst thing that's happened to me. I am not the worst thing that I have done. I am not a compilation of other people's opinions of me, but I am in truth, a daughter of God most high who absolutely loves me. And I didn't know that at the time. And God was sending people into my life to speak into my life who began, like there's a priest that came into my life that just started to speak those realities in my life. And it was really life changing for me. And, uh, I, I think I would tell my younger self so many things. I would just like to put my little hands on her cheeks and just say, you're so beautiful and you have such a great destiny before you and you are so loved. You are so loved and this is not the end of the story and you are going to fight and you are going to recover and you are going to be loved and you are going to radiate beauty. Um, I think I would encourage her. I, I, I that's what I would do. Like I just, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's true. Awesome. Don't we all have those like little parts of ourselves still? Like sometimes like the 12 year old in me will come out and I'm like, oh, okay, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Shoot, the 12-year-old. I'm more like the two-year-old, you know, <laughs> having a temper tantrum and throwing myself on the ground and crying and kicking and screaming, yes. you know, uh, to tell my younger self. And I, I think that's so huge, though, in, um, you know, that you are not these things that happen to you. 
you know, that you are um, so much more than that. You know, your true identity is God's beloved of the most high. And, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from a song um, from pieces from Bethel. And one of the opening lines says, your love is wild for me. Um, oh, yes. We actually designed it and made it. It's going to be a mug in our new line that's coming out at the end of the month. Because I was like, I don't care if anyone else likes this mug. I need to see that reminder every morning when I'm drinking coffee that your love is wild for me, that you yeah, are so amen. crazy in love with me and that I need mm. to know this. But also like um, for identity, really, you know, we say what the greatest commandment is in the gospel, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul. But that second part, we kind of skip over that love your neighbor as yourself, but that mm. as yourself parts. And I think for, I would tell my younger self as girl, learn how to love yourself well, because oh, still yeah. in getting into your forties, mm. I'm still learning that lesson. Like what does good mm-hmm. self care look like? And, um, it was interesting. Like our whole family started a season of counseling again. And the counselor asked me yesterday, she even asked me, she's like, why do you put yourself last? Why do you take care uh, of everyone else's needs instead uh, of yours? And I'm like, um, you could stop talking right now. Thank you very much. And, um, <laughs> Um, I was like, no, 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 no. Like I convict other people. People don't convict me. But I was, and you know, she's awesome. I absolutely love her, but it was so true. You know, how do I learn how to love myself? Well, like what is good self care? I think for so long in my mind, I counted self care as selfish, you know? And so instead of really good self care, especially when, um, like, exercising and doing all that kind of good stuff and eating well. And I thought that as a punishment instead of a, um, act of worship, you know, that our bodies are a temple of the Holy spirit. And I think I said in an earlier podcast, you know, our bodies are not something to be conquered. They're holy, you know, they're temples, of the Holy spirit to be cultivated and nurtured. And, um, that these are acts of worship and these are acts of loving myself well. And man, like learn these lessons early. I mean, if you can get identity and self-care down early on, you know, like follow the yellow brick road home. It'll be a le- really easier path, you know, on the side of heaven. So Heather, you're just yeah, shaking I think your head. <clears throat> for most of us when we're younger, um, there's all of these unknowns still like vocation and all kinds of things. And it's very easy to place our identity in when this happens, then oh, I will so be true. happy. Then I will I come to fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So when I get married or when I become a religious sister, when I get this job or when I finish school and have these letters after my name or this degree, Sometimes we put so much weight on that and we quickly realize that when we achieve those things, you know, we're still the same person. Like our life is still the same. We still have the same struggles. We still have the same desires. We still, you know, so when I was in college, I got married and we were still going to college. We still had a year of school left, Jake and I. And I don't regret that one bit. I'm not telling anybody to go out and do that because your parents may not be happy with you. But for us, we were a little bit older. (laughs) A little bit older, I'll say. And, um, you know, it was funny because a lot of our friends were like, <clears throat> oh, you're married now. Like, everything is going to be perfect because you can have sex with somebody. So all your problems are going to go away. <laughs> and honestly, you're laughing. Oh, honestly, I was like, are you serious? Because you quickly realize in marriage, like, boy, your problems don't go away. And being able to have sex with somebody is not the answer to most of your problems, actually, even though you think it might be, you know, a little bit before that stage. So, yeah, I think it's just the encouragement of, like, I realized very quickly as I started to achieve some of those things, you know, the job, the getting married and whatever, that I still still had my story, 
you know, and Mm -hmm. I wished that I had started the journey of healing sooner, you know, because those Mm -hmm. things don't fix problems. Mm -hmm. Those things won't take away, you know, certain aches and desires. Like the Lord is the answer. Jesus is the answer to all of those things. And I wish that I had begun my journey of healing sooner. Uh, I know that my husband Jake wishes that too, because there was things that we brought into the marriage that were very painful for one another, um, that we wish that we could have dealt with sooner, you know? Um, not like, hey, get it done, put this on your to-do list, here's another thing to accomplish and get rid of, but it's like just getting to know your story, owning your story, um, allowing Jesus to come into the story at different p- points to bring healing so that you're able to offer your f- full self to whatever God is calling you to, so that you're able to offer who you really are to the world. You know, that quote that we started with, be who you are and you will set the world on fire. I, I love that quote because there's something about it that's so... Um, like you don't have to be something else. You know, that's what I, I love about it. Like God just wants you to be the best version of you in your wholeness that he created you to be. And that isn't going to come through, you know, any, any of those things that I mentioned before. It comes with coming close to him and truly understanding our identity as child of God, son or daughter of God, beloved. And as our identity is rooted in him, we're able to offer our true giftedness in all of its, you know, uniqueness to the world and in whatever we're called to. Mm. Girls, you dropping wisdom now today. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She spits her, she spits her coffee on her flannel. She spits coffee out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but, but isn't that, isn't that the illusion that yes, when I do this, then I'll be this and that someday I'm going to quote unquote arrive, right? And that I'm never going to make a mistake again. I'm never going to have to grow. I'm never going to have my heart broken. I, I'm just going to somehow, I insulate myself from anything. You know, I'm just going to stay like on the top of the mountain. And I was just talking to a, a friend of mine today and we're talking about how, you know, life is a quest. It's a journey. It is like Lord of the Rings. There's like a fellowship and there's a mission and there's all these beautiful and unexpected things that happen to us. And that's part of the journey. I mean, even myself, you know, I, when I became a nun, I thought, well, all my problems are going to go away because I'm a nun now. And, and just life just keeps getting more, more beautiful. And the more facets that are cut into my heart and just what God is doing. And there's a matter of, I think, letting go of all of our illusions, or our preconceived ideas of what life should look like, because that can be some of our worst enemies of, you know, when we say, well, I didn't sign up for this, or this isn't supposed to happen to me. And, um, but like to be rooted I just, I don't want that to sound like a platitude when we talk about being rooted in God. That is not a platitude. That's, that's, that's actually the fruit of our baptism. That is an objective truth that it's indelibly marked upon our soul that we belong to God. It fundamentally ontologically changes every single one of us. And that's a truth that we live out of. And when you and I are living out of that truth, then our love is rightly ordered. And when my love is rightly ordered, then I can love you well. But as long as it's not, which all of us have to have love purified throughout our whole life, then it becomes kind of a big hot mess. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That perfectly describes it. <laughs> big hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> big hot mess. I think it's in the catechism yeah. somewhere, like 3695 or something. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, catechism <laughs> layman's terms. <laughs> um, and I mean, if I could tell anything to my younger self or to anyone, like young adults, 
but any of us, all of the above. And those of us that are married or have that found a vocation, like, okay, repeat after me. Your vocation is not the finish line. You Amen, still girl. are on the race. Like you don't break Say it again. Say it again. Yeah. You don't like, okay, here I, yeah. Like your vocation is not the finish line. It is a school of love. And when you do find your vocation, you're like, oh, wow. Like, I just got out of preschool and now I'm into kindergarten and kindergarten's hard. You know, like you learn tools, you learn how to really love, you learn more about yourself. And, um, and what you were saying, sister, earlier, like I think this is John Paul II, theology of the body, that original solitude, like you and Heather said, starting the journey earlier. I think if I could say anything, like become a student of yourself, like really learn self knowledge and become a student of your heart. You know, what makes your heart become fully alive? Why do you react certain ways? Like if something hurts your feelings or something brings up a feeling that you know is not right, why? Ask the deeper questions, you know, um, because these things come up. And usually when you get into your vocation, they um, come up even more. But that doesn't matter. Like even if you're not found the vocation yet, God is going to reveal that to you. Just living within family and community or just living on the side of um, planet Earth. And, um, it's funny because we have a lot of young adults that, uh, hang out with us, which my husband and I really can't understand because we don't really think we're that cool, but why would they want to hang out with us? <laughs> you guys are, you're no, like the no. cool kids. Um, anyway, um, but like people ask, you know, what do I need to look for for someone in marriage when they're asking, you know, and you know, first and foremost, I love, I say faith, you know, like really like a faith foundation relationship with Christ faith. But the other one I say, and this is answers change as I've gotten older, is people that are committed to growing, you know, to growing and changing. Like, do not allow comfort to be an idol. You know, Pope Benedict, you know, um, Emeritus Pope Benedict says, you know, you know, you are made for greatness and not comfort. And I think for me, a lot of my life, like comfort is an idol. And that's just not gospel. You know, God is always changing and transforming us to glory to glory. He's always asking more of us. He's always asking more of our hearts to love more, to um, be present more, to even suffer more. Um, and what is that? And um, it's funny, one of the other things, I have a mentor and she's out in LA and she's actually a season younger than I am. And I just love this girl. And um, she's just so wise. And she comes from a totally different perspective. Like, um, you know, she's not in my circle of friends, doesn't do the church things that I have done, or, you know, she's come from a totally different perspective, but something that she advised me this year is she said, you need to make more mistakes. You don't make enough mistakes. I'm like, excuse me. And, and she was like, you need to make more mistakes because you, unless you're really trying and really growing, um, you make mistakes when you're really trying and growing. And if you don't, then you're not. And she said, a mistake should be celebrated and not cause for shame or all that. You know, mistakes should be celebrated because you tried and you dared greatly. You know, you um, stepped out of your comfort zone and you, you know, whether they work or whether they don't work, what did you learn from those mistakes? You know, if they taught you something and you learned, then they're not mistakes. You know, they're growing pains, beautiful, hard growing pains, but growing pains. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. And I think in that you got to be kind with yourself, you know, like there are that when you're younger and even now, you know, you, you will make mistakes. You will. And it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail. It's okay. Um, 
there is another day to pick up yourself again and allow God to speak truth into that. It's okay to be humbled. It's okay. You know, you are going to recover. And I think that that's where we don't have to let those things define us, um, that they are what they are. They're an opportunity to learn and grow and to do do better next time and learn from our mistakes. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, one of the things that I found most important uh, is in my college years was Michelle, when you and I met, because <laughs> it was such a funny thing when you and I met, but, and her life has never been the same. <laughs> the world has never been the same ladies. Let's be really honest. Like the world changed when the two of y'all yeah. met. Yeah, exactly. We're like wonder twin powers activate. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Michelle is that we are so different. We are so opposite in so many ways. Um, but our hearts burn for the same thing. Like we have a very similar passion for the Lord and his people and his kingdom. And that's what drew our hearts together. You know, we had a very funny encounter um, when we were at Steubenville outside the chapel one evening after a really powerful prayer night. And Michelle just kind of got up in my face <clears throat> saying something really like she was like that, you know, that was what uh, awesome what you said whatever and she was so passionate about it i'm like who is this little fireball what is she talking about i don't even know this girl um but what happened was that we we started this friendship and we started to pray together we just started to go deep together and seek the lord together and we had two totally different friend groups we did lots of different things um but we kept connecting with one another and that friendship that we forged there that was the only time that we lived in the same city um, but we moved on from there and that really sustained us over all of these years that we kept connecting and making time for one another, that our stories were held sacred with one another, um, that we were faithful to journey with one another through difficult times, through the joys and the sorrows. And we were just committed to the relationship. And I think that that's something I would encourage people, no matter what stage of life you're in, but especially younger stages, is to entrust your story to someone who is trustworthy, somebody who loves the Lord, um, somebody who has God first in their life, and to commit to one another to journeying together. There's something so powerful about community and journeying together and the commitment to one another and upholding one another and championing one another and cheering one another on and kicking each other's butts, you know, being able to speak truth. Like those moments in our friendship have over and over and over again borne so much fruit. And then as we both got married and seeing fruit of children and all that life brings along with it, it's been really a true joy. Um, but I feel like we sharpen one another too. You know, there's a lot of, I learn from Michelle. Hopefully she learns a little bit from me. Um, but we can challenge one another <laughs> and love one another well. And you feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this, even though we're totally different in so many ways. Um, that's one of my favorite things, you know, about Michelle is that we're so different. She makes me laugh a lot because we're so different. So yeah, that's something I found to be essential to the journey. And that I would encourage people to dive into relationships that God is placing before you specifically. Yeah. I love that too. And I love, I, I would totally vouch for what both of you said about each other. I, it's, it's beautiful to see the difference in the two of you and just to see how y'all come together. And I, yeah, that we need friends on the journey. Christianity is meant to be lived as a fellowship, not in isolation. And that's uh it's a risk at times, isn't it? It's ri love is risky. Love is risky. Uh, the cross is risky. Uh, authenticity is risky. But to those for whom it's entrusted, it's worth it. 
it's worth mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was this really awesome podcast. I forget. I think it was, um, I forget who it was. Anyway, she was talking about relationships and how you often don't have the same friendships all throughout your life. And sometimes we want that to be the case. The storybook, like, oh, this has been my friend since we were four years old, you know, but God will bring different friendships at different points in your life. And sometimes people that you were close to five years ago, you aren't close to anymore. So Sister Miriam, when you came into our life, how long ago is that now? Like eight? nine years ago we met something yeah i would say something about that yeah, something like that. like that time yeah. yeah and it was like the most beautiful um unexpected gift that landed in my kitchen one day <laughs> i had no idea <laughs> i thought oh there's this nun in town i don't know i didn't want her hanging out at her hotel room i'm like just you can come over and hang out with me and within literally i think 30 minutes we were spilling our guts to each other like and <laughs> talking about everything we possibly could and it was like god knit our hearts together so quickly Amen. and uh then shortly after you met michelle and um we we started doing some ministry stuff together but these relationships are so important and i think if you just if you're longing for that in your life you just need to pray that god will provide that God will provide the right people at the right time. And you might find an unexpected gift in your kitchen one day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's be honest. Sister Miriam is like the little glue of our Trinity because Heather and I are so polar opposite and we squabble and fight all the time. I mean, not like fight, fight, but like Heather, no, I don't like that. I mean, and Sister Miriam is just like the calming glue that's in the middle of us. Well, girls, she just laughs at both of us, you know, and, um, and she actually has to have a referee whistle sometimes and blow it. So girls get to your corners, you know, um, but it is, yeah, it's all good. But, um, just having those people speak into your life. Um, and like we've said a couple of times on the podcast, our vocations, um, bless one another. Like I was telling my oldest daughter, um, sharing a little something about what sister Miriam had told me yesterday about something that was going on her personally. And, um, since both of them are adopted, it related. And it was like, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, gosh, sister Miriam helps me in my mothering so much. Like, I feel like she is on my team, like, you know, has her arm hooked with mine to mother these kids, you know, cause she's such a spiritual mother in such an amazing way. And like having, like Heather was saying, having people to share your story, but then having other people around you, I think I would tell is get your cheerleaders, get your dream defenders, get the ones that are going to champion your dreams. And they believe in you more than you believe in yourself sometimes like, and that they speak truth in who you are, but what God's called you to do. And, um, and with that, have people around you that have like an abundance mindset, knowing that you don't have to compare yourself to your sister or your brother, that God, there is more than enough in the table of God. His kingdom is abundance. And when he gives something to one person, it doesn't mean he's taking it off of your plate to give it to them that he, you know, like I think for most of us, we settle for the scraps on the floor and setting, instead of sitting at the table of the banquet of abundance that God has for us. And the more we cheer for one each other and champion one another, like that is powerful. And, um, I mean, and this is my personality, so I'm just going to say that I'm totally doing a disclaimer for this. Go if there, go off the beaten path. Like if there is not a trail or if you say to yourself, gosh, I wish this existed, then that means that you're probably supposed to create that. You know, if God's put that seed in your heart, then maybe you're the reason that's supposed to create it. Like create the things that you wished exist. You know, be able to go off the beaten path. That is how greatness happens, that you're not comfortable. You don't do the same thing. 
And um, there's a quote that I'm going to read really quick for you um, from Shauna Nequist. And this comes from a more artistic point of view. And I'm not saying to throw out all of this. So just a disclaimer, if um, our young adults say this, this woman told me, you know, to throw out all this stuff to a parent, you know. But um, it's from one of my favorite authors, Shauna Nequist. And she said this at a graduation commencement. And it says, I know that life is busy and hard and that there's crushing pressure to just settle down and get a real job and khaki pants and a good haircut. But don't. Please don't. Please keep believing that life can be better, brighter, broader because of the art that you make. Please keep demonstrating the courage that it takes to swim upstream in a world that prefers putting away for retirement to putting pen to paper, that chooses practicality over poetry, that values you more for going to the gym than going to the deepest places in your soul. Please keep making your art for people like me, people who need the magic and imagination and honesty of great art to make the day-to-day world a little more bearable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, that you all... So have those people in your life that um, encourage you to make magic, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. I love that um, visual, Sister Miriam, that you had of like what you would do is you'd grab your face and what you would say to yourself. You know, Michelle, I feel like that's what you would do. What you just said would be what you would say to like that younger version of you or somebody else. And and I think I would say like, don't settle. Don't be ground down by mediocrity. You know, this is some of what Pope John Paul II said um, at World Youth Day when I went, when I was a young person. Like, just don't settle. Don't be mediocre. The world needs you to be great, you know? And what that means is just bring your full self to the table. Bring your gifts. Bring your hopes. Bring your passion to the table. The world needs you. And think about the kind of person that you want to be and start cultivating that in your heart. Start making decisions to get there because it doesn't just happen automatically. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say. It is really funny. One of the girls that we disciple, and um, I'm going to call her out, Maddie, I was reading her Instagram feed, and she's an amazing storyteller and photographer. And I mean, it's one of the girls that I just love journeying with her so much. But she was telling, she was writing an Instagram post this week, and she said, was talking about another woman that's a storyteller, and she said, um, I want to cultivate badass women with prophetic vision. And I was like, yes. there's my girl. I was like, I felt like this proud spiritual mama moment. I was like, I texted her and I'm like, I am so proud of you for those lines, you know? Yes. And so I was like, oh, you go girl. And, um, you know, but just that, that that was like her anthem. I was like, yes, you know, like go off the beaten path, you know, tell other people's stories and champion other people. It's just a powerful thing. Oh, amen, ladies. That is 34 minutes of what I would tell my younger self. I'm fired up. Like, yeah. So we're going to talk about our one thing. And uh, we were laughing about this earlier before we started recording. But can I just say, I have some, so my Twitter feed is called at one groovy nun. So O-N-E groovy nun. And some of, one of my followers who wants me to be, remain a Seattle Seahawks fan, which I'm about, they're about dead to me this season. They sent me, they sent me a Yeti cup, which I don't, I don't have cool things like Yeti cups, but a, a a legit authentic Yeti cup emblazoned with the Seattle Seahawks uh, logo and colors. And I'm drinking out of it, this fluorescent green cup. So I just want to give a shout out to um, my friends that sent that to me for the Seattle Seahawks Yeti cup. It is awesome. And I'm very grateful. So that is my, (laughs) that is my one thing. Go Hawks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Heather, what about you? 
Um, yeah, my one thing today in light of our conversation is the author, Brene Brown. I just, mm. Brene Brown has such an important voice and things that she is speaking about um, in helping people grow in self-knowledge and understanding who they are and moving to a place of wholehearted living. If you haven't read Brene Brown, I just want to encourage you to check out her books. Um, she has several, but start with the first one. And she, I mean, her TED Talk is, I think, one of the top five viewed TED Talks of all times. Mm-hmm, um, but her mm-hmm. book in particular, I mean, her TED Talk, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. But her first book in particular was so, so good. So it's called The Gift mm-hmm. of Imperfection. So that's my one thing for this week. Check mm-hmm. Brene Brown out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally think Brene Brown is the painter's state of vulnerability. And um, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. just amazing. Um, she's great. My one thing is, okay, Halloween is officially over. So let the Christmas time decorations begin. Oh, <laughs> let's start preparing. I love it. Are yeah. you a November 1st Christmas bit. decoration person? You're like Costco. Well, My goodness. you know, I have this thing. Well, I love fall decorations and, you know, I have green and white pumpkins all over my house and eucalyptus because that's how I am. And I have to decorate every room in my house for every season, but I love Christmas. Like I love to decorate my house for Christmas. I love everything about Christmas Advent. I'm a big, huge Advent person. So my one thing is, um, like, I think you have to really prepare for Advent. Like it's a special season and you know, it's the new season of the church, a new liturgical season. So you have to prepare for a good Advent. So is the blessed is she's, um, Advent devotional. It is written by, um, Mothering Spirit, she has a beautiful blog, and the design cover that Erica Teague did from Be Heart Design is just stunning. It totally had me at hello. Um, I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. It's so oh, beautiful. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. And um, Jenna is a dear friend of all three of ours, and so we're a big fan of Blessed Is She and all that she's doing to cultivate sisterhood and community and vibrant Catholic faith. So yeah, check it out. The Blessed Is She Advent Journal is my one thing. Mm. Well, amen. Well, thank you so much, dear listeners, for joining us. I'm sure you thought of a few things you'd like to tell your younger self as you listened, and we just encourage you to do that. Uh, just wish you moments of rich grace this week and rich kindness and how God loves you. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can go to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Find us there. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Uh, let us hear from you. What do you want to hear about? We'd love to see if we can make that happen for you. And until next time, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week.